You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your hosts, Chris Jennings and Dr. Mike Brazier. Today we got a special guest, Tony Vandemore, owner, operator, guide at Habitat Flats. Tony, welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. I think, you know, main reason why we reached out to you here is we wanted to kind of get a feel for um, the flooding impacts that you've dealt with. And, and I think everyone got a good glimpse of it on social media. You were posting some pretty good stuff. But we, what we really wanted to talk to you about is kind of the impacts on the vegetation, on the habitat in your area with being in such a high volume migration area. Uh, we really just want to get a feel from that from you from on the ground. So can you kind of just describe and kind of play out the process of, of the flooding, you know, this spring and it well into summer? Well, first and I mean, first and foremost, I'd just like to say that that this is just from our little part of the country. I mean, uh, it was it was devastating and tragic for you know majority of the Midwest, really. I mean, a lot worse than, than what we had here: South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, Kansas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri, Illinois. I mean, it was a very, very, very big, widespread flood event in 2019, and. You know, it started for us the end of March. We kind of started battling it, and then really it got it hit its peak uh, the end of May, and that's when the majority of the, the levees along the Missouri River failed. Um, everything we have in our home lodge, all those levees were overtopped, um, which is, I mean, it's, it's horrible to see. I mean, we, we're not able to get any any crops in, any, any of the ag ground. I mean, it's it was just a, a devastating thing for everybody along in these river bottoms, the only blessing in disguise, I guess, uh, or, you know, the, you got to try to find a positive in anything is that it took place primarily May and June. Um, and the water got off, off our area anyway. And I can't speak for others because a lot of areas are still water on it. Um, but it came off at the right time of year. So it did, Really, you know, I think most people, when they look at moist soil management and, you know, you get an incredible response just by taking water off at the right time of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for people to do. I mean, I think they, they take it off, you know, way too early and they're, they're left with a bunch of not, you know, non-desirable plants out there in their wetlands. Whereas this, you know, it kept water until the middle, middle or end of June. So when it came off, I mean, the moist soil response has been incredible. And so, Tony, this is this is Mike. Do you? I'm assuming you incorporate moist soil management in some of your habitat work there. And uh, it, was the timing of that room, of the water coming off was that was that similar to what you normally do? It is. I mean, at the end of the, at the, end of the year, I'm trying to get my management plans for each farm. And typically, the earlier you take water off, the more your your woody type vegetation, say smart weeds, you get. Mm-hmm. 
and the later you're taking it off is the more grasses you're going to get. So I'll be different farms at different times. You know, one quick question kind of relating to that as well is overall the potential impacts. I mean, what are you seeing, you know, area-wide? I mean, you're in the Golden Triangle of Missouri. You've got Swan Lake National Wildlife Refuge, Grand Pass, and Fountain Grove right there. Um, What are you seeing, like, basically landscape-wide around you um, that could potentially impact uh, migration this this fall with a, a, basically a lack of food or, you know, lack of certain types of habitats? Well, there's, I mean, there's, there's certainly going to be a lack of, uh, of agricultural crops. I mean, you know, beans and corn and, and all that. I mean, there's virtually nothing planted in, in the bottom mm-hmm. uh, anywhere to speak of. But that being said, area-wide, I mean, field that's a field that's a field mm-hmm. as far as you see, is incredible more soil habitat. I mean, there's probably better than I've ever seen it. Wow. Just because it, it kept, you know, the water came off at the right time. I mean, nobody really had to do anything. That's interesting, yeah. yeah. What are the what are the what are the primary species of grasses and sedges, whatever else that you see coming up that you're getting pretty excited about having out there? I mean, primarily what what I'm seeing is uh, a very good smart weed response. Um, excellent yellow nut sedge and excellent wild millet. I guess, you know, what I call wild millet, some people call it barnyard grass or whatever. Um, it's always so interesting to me that, that the seedbed is so dynamic. I mean, there's tens of thousands of acres of, of that plant, you know, that are fields that have been in agricultural production and spray for, yeah. well, since the last big flood of 93. I mean, they haven't they haven't had a weed in them, and you get one year with flood water on them where you can't get in there, and it's 100% smart weed, nuts edge, and wild. Product. Yeah, it's it's, it's remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, it's in- impressive how, you know, just prolific all yeah. those moist soil. And, and then on some of those areas where the water came off a little bit later, uh, what, are, what are you seeing or what have you had to do to try to get some uh, a good response out of those areas? <clears throat> Well, I mean, there's there some areas, uh, definitely, we had a lot of it, uh, where the water came off late, and eventually it would have came up, you know, in in natural, moist soil foods, but I wanted to spur it along. Um, I planted four pallets of uh, jap millet and buckwheat just zipping around out there, and the ranger spreading that stuff in six inches of mud, and uh, it had an excellent response from that. I mean, our stands look phenomenal. We've had just enough rain to, to give it plenty of moisture and, you know, plenty of sun. Uh, a lot of times it seems like, at least in years past, when something like this has taken place and, and I've had to go back in and, and try to plant millet or, or buckwheat or whatever in July, it ends up burning up. It goes from flood to drought. And uh, that just, that hadn't been the case this year. So even the natural, the natural foods, uh, the, the foods that we were able to get planted, um, everything looks phenomenal. And you're you're seeing a similar response on some of the adjacent properties or throughout that area. The, mo- the moist soil response yeah, I mean, is pretty good. It, it, it's probably the best moist soil I've seen ever. Uh, I mean, all across the area, just because that water stayed on. And, and really, I mean, people did not have to do a thing. They didn't have to worry about the boards. I mean, you know, to me, the you know, ag type stuff is, is pretty easy. And, you know, you plant, plant beans, you spray them. There's not much to it. Um, your moist soil, your, your wetlands, you know, areas that typically don't, don't flood. Uh, they're, they're work. I mean, they're a ton of work. 
you know, because they're, they're WRPs, you know, wetland reserve program, they're wetlands for a reason because you can't get them dried out. Um, it's tough to, tough to control invasive species and, and that sort of thing. But a year like this, it's just, it was kind of the perfect, perfect storm for good moist soil production. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Tony, when, when you see this kind of response, this, this just phenomenal moist oil response, and you know that those plants produce all sorts of groceries for ducks, how does that, how does that influence your thinking about future habitat management, you know, because you're, you're a businessman, right? But, and there's some economics in all of this. Sure. Um, how does that, how does that influence your, your thinking? Has some of those things gone through your mind and maybe you think about doing things differently in the future or, or what goes through uh, the mind of someone like you? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And it, and it's certainly not, not just because of, of this year, but just kind of my, my mentality, you know, when I've been managing duck stuff for a long, a long time. And uh, it's all been through trial and error. I mean, my uncle helped run a couple of refuges in Illinois and learned a lot from him. But, but what you really learned is just get out there and do it. I've made a ton of mistakes and hopefully learned some of them. But the biggest thing I've learned is when, when I was younger, you know, you got to plant food. You got to plant millet. You got to plant buckwheat. You know, you want to disc up every square inch of it and plant it with something because that's, you know, that's going to be better. It's something you planted. It's going to be better than what's there. When in reality, I mean, the, the, the natural moist soil foods, your smartweed, your natural millet, uh, nut sedges, I mean, ducks have been living off of that since the beginning of time. Oh, yeah. Yep. And the good, the good thing about those seeds is it's kind of, you know, survival of the fittest. They've been genetically altered for thousands of years. So you take, if you plant jack millet like I did this year, you know, the, the end of July, first part of August. Man, it looks pretty. Well, now you catch a mid-August flood, and that's going to look like a moonscape. It's dead. It's gone. Whereas that natural that natural stuff, a lot of time, I mean, it gets through those flood events. It ends up produce, still producing. Yeah, I'll back up here a minute just for clarification. When you mentioned genetically altered, we're talking about genetic alteration that occurs naturally through yeah. those, some of those plants that Absolutely. survive, you know, and those that don't survive, they don't get to persist through time. And so that's that genetic alteration. That's just kind of interesting that we Absolutely. use those words in those different ways. But yeah, that, that is a pretty cool phenomenon that you're seeing there. I've moved away from, you know, planting millet and, and all that stuff through the years um, as I've been managing properties. And I primarily do natural moist soil when I can, um, because I, like we just said, it's, it's, survival of the fittest I mean, right. it's been there for years and it's it's the best stuff there is but more importantly i think this gets overlooked a ton um you know you can you can manipulate natural vegetation so your natural your wild millet your smart weed you can manipulate it you know with with a brush hog where if you plant it you can't touch it right that's right and something that i've really noticed and i think it's overlooked is how much those those ducks are keying in on bugs and invertebrates. Yeah. And you cut them open the first first three weeks of our season, and they're, they're crammed full of bugs and invertebrates. 
and and your bugs and invertebrates are going to do better in horizontal cover than they are vertical cover. At least from from my experience, you would certainly know a lot more than me. Yeah. Uh, so building off of that a little bit, Tony, uh, the what we've learned over the decades of all the research that we've done is that that ducks do indeed benefit from having a diversity of lands, uh, diversity of habitats to exploit. Because as you mentioned, those that diversity of habitat provides all sorts of different types of foods that that are important from new. In, from nutritional standpoints, whether it be energy, amino, amino acids that, that make up the proteins and all sorts of minerals, whatever else, you know, ducks need those sort of diverse uh, habitats. And and I know, I know that's something that's going to be, uh, that you're going to be aware of and you're going to be keen to, and, and I'm not, I'm not terribly familiar with all the different uh, types of habitats that you manage, but uh, I'm assuming in some years you might have some agricultural-based habitats. Is that, uh, is, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we do, absolutely. Uh, but it's a, in the grand scheme of things, it's a very small fraction of, of you know, the ground that we flood. The vast majority of it is, is more soil. And out of curiosity, I don't know if you have enough information to really uh, data to inform this. Do you see sort of a different response of the birds between those different types of habitats? Is the composition of the birds that you harvest in those different habitats uh, similar? Or yeah, is, for sure. Oh, okay. So it's different. Ducks' nutritional needs are going to change based on the weather, at yeah. least from, from what I've seen. Um, you know, they're keying in on, I mean, they're eating bugs and invertebrates, and then you're catching you're catching them getting colder. They might be going to dry fields, agriculture fields. They might be going to flooded agriculture fields. But then as soon as you get that warm-up, they're going back to the moist soil. I mean, they, they've lived off it for years. And, and that's the stuff that's going to get them off north in the spring. It's still going to be there. As far as the, the species of ducks, I mean, you're going to kill everything in a moist soil field that you're going to kill in a, a flooded agricultural field. I mean, they're all they're all using the same stuff. I mean, obviously, you're, you're a little... What I call summer ducks, I mean, pintails and teal and gabble and all that. They go south a lot earlier. They're not as hardy as mallards are. Uh, but they're all eating, all eating the same stuff. And I think for me as a, you know, I guess a waterfowl manager per se, um, the biggest thing I always tell myself and, and I always remember is you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing you can plant or do to make a farm good 60 straight days. That's right. And you, you have to have diversity. Yeah, you know, and you can apply that philosophy. You're basically talking about diversifying your portfolio. And and that diversification is important for the returns that you see. You know, that's that's one way of looking at it. But that diversification is also important for meeting the needs of the birds. And that's that's something that sort of as a, as a scientist, as, as someone who's sort of enthused by all these details and what does a bird need, that's, that's one of the other ways that I kind of like to see that diversification of a portfolio. And so it's pretty cool that you see it that way. Uh, and recognize the benefits of that. Sure, and you know, more soil management goes goes. I mean, just it touches on so many different things, and besides what you're growing, at least to me. Yeah. I mean, the, the good thing with the natural foods, you know, you can manipulate them, like I said, yep. so you're getting better bug and invertebrate habitat. But I always try to look at, you know, what my farm looks like from the air. You know, what what do our farms look like from the air? Yeah. When I was a kid, you know, 30 years ago, you'd see. The grand migration, the grand passage, I mean, it'd be coming during the day, just V after V after V coming. But anymore, to me, it seems like most of them are migrating at night. And you can have all the food in the world, but when they're flying over, if that moonlight 
is lighting up that water. They're not stopping. Hmm. So anything for me, and like in the moist soil areas, the natural stuff, anything under six inches of water, I'm waiting till waiting till it matures and then mowing it pancake flat, cutting it off at ground level where that fodder's piling up. It's loading up with bugs and invertebrates when you're flooding it. It's showing good water from there when they're migrating. And once you get them to stop, then they're going to stick around. We don't want to keep you on too much longer, but, man, we really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, we, we just really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. See you, guys. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.